1: Right, let's try the levels, shall we? You were fine with these Tim Vine jokes last week, weren't you?
0: not going to lie to you. I can't remember.
1: All right, here we go then. Um, I went down to the local ice cream shop and I said, I want to buy an ice cream. And he said, hundreds and thousands. I said, well, let's start with one.
0: Oh, funny. Good. Classic, that. I've heard that one before. Yeah,
1: I know. I went went to a pet shop. I said, can I buy a goldfish? And the guy said, do you want an aquarium? And I said, I don't care what star sign it is. They right? um, well, they test the levels, don't they?
0: Yeah, they they do their job. They, they do. Those were par, though, I'd say.
1: Yeah, you're probably I right.
0: think those were maybe the worst ones we've had altogether, because they weren't even ridiculous rubbish jokes. They were just kind of like...
1: Well, I shall pass it on to Tim Vine.
0: His ones from last week were good, though.
1: But... Yeah, well, th- that's the thing about Tim Vine that some of his jokes not that great, but he does it so fast that if there's one you don't like, don't worry because there's another one coming along and you will like that one.
0: Does he say that?
1: He says that. He does. I've been. We went to see him in Edinburgh. I didn't. M- no, you didn't. Myself and uh, my friend Tony and Tony gal pal. Very, yes, Tony very unwisely uh, heckled. And he's not someone you should heckle.
0: What did he do?
1: Well, Tim Vine was going around and saying, you know, what do you do for a living to people sitting on the front row? And we're sitting right on the front row. People are saying things, oh, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. And he's got a teacher gag, of course. So he comes up with his teacher gag. Or somebody says, I'm a student. He comes yeah. up with a student gag. And uh, Tony said, I'm a man of independent means. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not heckling, technically. No, no,
1: it's a comedy cul-de-sac, though. You know, he was flying down the main roads, was uh, Tim Vine, and then uh, Tony came in with that comedy cul-de-sac. I'm a man of independent means.
0: That's. that's po- I Tony. love when you say, oh, it's a comedy cul-de-sac or whatever. That was a poor use of comedy cul-de-sac. No,
1: it wasn't. That's an absolute exact same no, way comedy don't think cul-de-sac, there's cul-de-sac good, is. Good there's nowhere of... to go down there. No. Th-
0: mm, so it's not Tony's comedy cul-de-sac, it's... Tim Vine's comedy's called
1: "This It is a general comedy cul de for anybody. I, you know, I've this happened maybe six years ago, and I still haven't thought of where you could get out of that. And every day I wake up thinking about, how can you get out of that?
0: Wow, imagine all the things you could have accomplished if you spent less brain power on that.
1: Well, while we're on the subject of comedy, Ruth... uh,
0: Wow, smooth!
1: Thank you. Uh, you We've
0: got transitions planned for today. We never usually do that.
1: No, I used to work for Radio 2, so I know how to do those links. While we're on the subject of comedy, uh, I'm going to see Louis C.K. next week. I assume what he's trying to do is make a comeback and he's doing two gigs, only two gigs in the whole of the UK, and they're both in Leeds, one at the uh, Hi-Fi Club in Leeds and one at the Wardrobe in Leeds. And uh, I, I'd be fascinated.
0: I, I can't believe the Wardrobe have said that they'll put him on.
1: Well, they'll put him on because I suspect he's going to sell out. And I'm fascinated to see how he's going to uh, come back, You know whether he...
0: Do you think he'll address of, it in his
1: Oh he's got to. He's got to address it. It's got to mm. be the main I mean he might do it rather I just um, don't think
0: he can make a joke out of it though. Like I just don't understand how he could I
1: don't think you address
0: it, it sensitively.
1: I think he could address it by talking about uh, Like
0: bit. I think you can do it funny. So so there's been comedians who have committed fraud and stuff like that. I think you can quite easily make that funny.
1: Ken Dodd used to. Ken Dodd yeah. got done by the tax man for. Yeah, not so again. like tax
0: or whatever, you can make that funny if you are are driving under the influence. Like those are the kind of things you can make funny as long as you're not killed someone or something. I don't know how you make sexual assault funny. I well, don't I think you can.
1: No, I don't think you can either. I don't think you make sexual assault funny, but I think what you can make funny is. The effect that it's had on his life. I mean, he doesn't. If you, Louis C.K. before. To
0: be honest, I'd never heard of him.
1: And yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I had. A, he's a very good comedian. But Louis C.K., when he is, he doesn't. You can quite, be a
0: good comedian, but a bad person, I suppose. Oh, of course
1: you can. In fact, percentage wise, I, I don't think most comedians.
0: It's the the They're pie like, chart of good of good people and comedians is just or two a vet, separate or circles. A Venn
1: diagram or whatever. I think you found a lot of crossover between comedians and you know not all together. Yeah.
0: No, that's that's the circle. It's just fully crossed over.
1: Yes, it's so not it's a, just one it's not circle. a pie chart. It's a it's a Venn diagram. So yeah, it's um, a Venn diagram. A lot of comedians have those sort of personal issues, I think. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is he could probably address it by addressing the sort of the I storm just don't agree with. Afterwards. I
0: don't know why people are giving it, him a platform. Well, it's not a
1: platform as such. He's a comedian. I mean, we've discussed well, this before. We've discussed this before. How long do you think it should be before he's allowed? I don't to think he should have a, pursue his uh, his job well, why again. Why
0: can't he do a Why can't he do a normal job, like a quiet job, like loads of other people do, or do a comedy job where he's writing jokes for other people? I just don't think he should be the one who's given the platform because what message does that send to women well, that they're is, less important than a man's comedy career?
1: No, his job is a stand-up comedian. I've also we've talked, you know, we we go back to Picasso and various other people. Yeah, we've talked about separating the art. Yeah, no, I think you can the separate the art from
0: the artist, but once it's once it's come out about what he's done, yes, he shouldn't be re-given the platform. But
1: you're not voting for him.
0: No, I'm not saying that you can.
1: You know, he's not you, he's not I, running for Archbishop of Canterbury. He's just a stand-up comic.
0: Mm, but. It acts as a symbol for everything else, doesn't it? Really, for for what we're saying that is okay and is not okay.
1: No, I think I it, just
0: think there's enough there's enough stand up comedians who have not assaulted women.
1: Yes, there are lots of stand up comedians. but beside the point. It's his job, and they're saying the same about Kevin Spacey. And I think at some point he's entitled to return to his no, job if he if he apologizes. I thought he died it, again. Who, Kevin Spacey? I
0: thought I know you, <laughs> you, you said he was alive. No, you know? I know you said he was alive. Is he not dying... No,
1: he's not dead. It's just just because someone's not on the telly, it doesn't mean they're dead.
0: I think we need to talk about Louis C.K.
1: My view is very simple on Louis C.K. What he did was awful, dreadful. He's apologized as he ought to apologize. Yeah, he's had a period in Perda, which he ought to have had. But his job is a stand-up not that comedian. Long. He's a but very. But it's
0: barely been a year.
1: He's a. I think he's been a bit, a bit more like, But anyway, he's a very good stand-up comedian, and he's entitled to return to his job at some point. And I hope he addresses it. And I'd be interested to know. I mean. I'm going primarily because I want to see how he does address his this return and I'm interested that he's chosen Leeds as the, you know, for his return.
0: I guess he probably thought he'd get too much backlash in London. I
1: think he did. I think he probably did. But I think he'd be surprised. He probably We're thinks...
0: We're a very moral people up here.
1: No, I don't think it's that so much. But I think he'll be surprised. I think what he's decided to do is choose a sort of quiet, provincial town that probably doesn't know about... Which everything. is
0: offensive in itself.
1: <laughs> well, maybe it is. But, go on, but what else um, do you want to say? I think
0: there's two different things. I think if you rape someone, that's it. You should... I mean, that's a... You should be going to prison or whatever. I I think there's degrees of sexual assault and stuff. I don't think it should completely ruin your life, but I don't think you should be allowed to be a stand-up comedian again. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that he can... I don't think he should be banned from doing any job or anything, but I don't think he should be allowed to be on a stage. Even if he's decided, ''Right, I'm going to be a comedian again or whatever,'' Doesn't the wardrobe or hi-fi have a oh a commitment ref- to to they, to I'm, staging him?
1: I'm not sure what commitment they have. But, yeah, people are perfectly uh, entitled to say, we don't want him in our uh, venue, yeah. and therefore he won't get... But so maybe it the venue, should be more
0: if, their, their responsibility. If the venue agrees
1: to put him on, and he wants to go on, and people are prepared to to see him. with, You know, if you go and see him, it doesn't mean you approve of sexual assault. If you go and see him, it just means he's a good... In a way. No, it doesn't, because well, in that sense supporting
0: someone no, aren't in that, you?
1: right, well, stay out of the National Gallery and make sure if you go to the National Gallery, you don't look at a Picasso. I think that's
0: different though, because Picasso's not alive anymore.
1: no, he's not alive anymore. Don't look at any Picassos. don't listen to any Wagner music. Don't do any of that
0: yeah, no, but I just think it's different because like they're dead, right, but they're they're not being actively given the platform while they're living.
1: Well, then I they, think, they were. And they were. they not Picasso being... was was alive when he did his paintings. No, Wagner yeah, but that was that was a different music.
0: time. It was a different time. You yeah. can like it was before we decided that it's wrong to sexually assault people.
1: <laughs> well, I think it's always been wrong. It's, it's always been wrong, a, but not
0: yeah. not in the same way. But
1: they didn't have Twitter in those days. It's but, but
0: it's not just about Twitter. We've also. I think it's a good thing that we've decided that to to have to take more of a stand against.
1: Mm, I think so too. Yes. And I sort of think it's right they apologised and right they had a period in Purder. But it can't go on forever. It can't go on forever. What's you know I know,
0: I don't think that I don't think that the witch hunt or whatever should that against him should go on forever and I don't think it should be constantly in the news and every time you mention Lucy Kate should be reminded that whatever he committed sexual assault or you should never be allowed to watch his old comedy again. But I don't think he should be given a current platform.
1: He's not given a platform. A platform is when well, the wardrobe
0: ha- are. No, he said, "I want to say something." No, They're no, no. They've given no. him the stage. He
1: wants to say jokes. A platform. You're given a platform when you have a particular agenda, and then c- people give you a platform to push it. He's not going there to promote sexual assault. It's not. A, a, it's not a sort of political movement. He's not saying we should all but he's be. he's a political
0: to- movement against <laughs> against women. <laughs>
1: Well, here's something that might interest you. You know, you were saying last week that when you get to eighty, it should be time to check out. That uh, (laughs) I think
0: that was unfair because I was saying I didn't say that I thought. You said
1: it at home, and then you said it on the podcast. No,
0: I said I don't think that I. I don't think we should be just putting down eighty-year-olds. I'm just saying that I think we'll get to a point where there's not really another option. Right, but I'm not. I'm not going to enjoy it.
1: Well, you'd love, that. right? So you're going to do it, but reluctantly. Yeah, it's that was your sort of silent green scenario. So you would be interested in this? That's prop, uh, popped. It's a pop-up shop that's popped up in Lewisham. In it's, popped, popped it's, a, it's a pop-up <laughs> shop that's popped up. But that's what pop-up shops do, isn't it? And this is a pop-up shop that's popped up to talk about popping off. Uh, and it's basically your last... It's a death shop. It's ah. called The Departure Lounge. It's in Lewisham. <laughs> Funny. And you can, you can go in there to discuss your final journey. Passers-by are being invited to discuss checking out Uh, It looks like a travel agent when you go in there. Uh, It's a research project run by the Academy of Medical Sciences and the Wellcome Trust. And basically it hopes to break taboos about death and encourage people to think and talk positively about how they wish their life to end. There's a quote here from a retired district nurse who volunteers as a guide there and people have asked her about things like making wills, lasting power of attorney and one woman apparently just wanted to share her recent experience of grief. And what they say the shop will do, you can discuss death in there uh, over a lemonade, with a range of it says this over a lemonade. You didn't add in the
0: lemonade. No,
1: I didn't add in the lemonade. You'd think you'd want something stronger. But anyway, with a range of experts. And they have an end-of-life doula. You know what a doula is, don't you? No. Yeah. Ah, well, a doula is someone who's non-medical but helps uh, pregnant women. So, so it's a, a sort of lay person who will help you through uh, pregnancy and childbirth. Huh. Uh, but now it's been expanded to provide support for the dying. So a doula sort of helps... you. They can't,
0: th- they can't provide help after death, though.
1: No. It, well, that's true. It helps you on your final Probably. journey. She says it's about helping to make people feel less anxious and fearful and to understand that with support they can have a good death. How many people do you think die in Britain a year? Have a guess.
0: Thirty million.
1: No. Half a million people died in Britain last year. Not that many. Uh, half a How million many people,
0: people live in Britain?
1: It's about sixty million, maybe. Yeah, and
0: one dies every second. No one in the world dies every second. Yeah, not <laughs> We'd have no people yeah. there.
1: 60 to 70 million, I think, is the population of Britain. Half a million died last year. And By 2040, we'll see an increase of 25%. Oh, is so- that because
0: everyone's getting old?
1: well and there's more more people about and uh oh, right. the, and i think you're right the uh, sort of
0: aging population
1: yeah it's an aging population as well with baby um, boomers mm, professor sir robert lechler the academy's president said as people live longer the last lap of life tends to be associated with living with uh, diseases the risk is people are not dying well so i think this is a marvelous so initiative. Said. no you said kill them all no but this- i
0: said my main point was that euthanasia should be legal that was just a backup point
1: your backup point
0: so there was a backup point it was like yeah. a but side, you'd, you'd side
1: set this set the scene at 80 more or less but he said the risk of people not dying well and i think yeah. that is um that is a good move unlike oh, yourself yes. sort of, you know just sort of you know literally just killing people i
0: wasn't gonna do it right now i just said that i think that someone will have to mm.
1: well I mean, something will have to happen i think you're right but exactly what we don't know So, what would you say if I suddenly said to you, "That's so fetch"? What would you think? I'd that was say a-
0: that's from Clueless. No, Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Mean Mean Girls.
1: Mean Girls. You just said Mean Girls.
0: No, I said Mean Girls. I said cl- I went Clueless, and they went, "Oh no, 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 Mean Girls."
1: Mean Girls. It is. It's twenty-five years since Mean Girls was released, and interestingly, from June the twelfth to the sixteenth. There's a a Mean Girls reunion, and it's taking place at the Seymour Leisure Centre in Marylebone in central London, which is just round the corner from my brother's flat, where I stay when I'm in London. Throughout the day that they're doing this, or throughout the weekend that they're doing this, they will be sprinkling quotes such as, that's so fetch, into the conversation. It's an immersive event. The Seymour Leisure Centre... In Marylebone, will be turned into sets. So there'll be sets from the film so that fans can experience a spring fling. Do you know all about a spring fling? Mm-hmm.
0: That's the, the prompt.
1: And you'll be able to eat cheese fries. Cheese Is that a fries? Thing for mean Girls? That's what they eat. Yep. Although what? I
0: wouldn't have said that that was like a really.
1: Not such a mean girl's thing.
0: Well, no, no, it's a mean girl's thing, but I just wouldn't have thought that that would have been one of the things they zero zeroed in on. Is it girls. a
1: really good film, mean Girls? It's
0: brilliant. You know, it's based on Julius Caesar.
1: Ah, right, at tu brute. And...
0: and there's all these bits where there's like, it's like kind of like wild animals and stuff. It's really, really, not wild animals, but they kind of go like she explains it and there's like lion sounds, sort of but thing. yeah. yeah. I can't say that.
1: Can't say go native. Why can't you say go native? Well,
0: because, I, but I think, I mean...
1: No, I don't think I think you can say go native. Well,
0: isn't it offensive to, like, Native American people? No, I don't think it means... Or the natives of a place I thought
1: it meant, that implies,
0: like, so Europeans are civilised and
1: ah, everyone else isn't. Yeah, that's a good, point. good
0: I'm, point. I don't know whether you can't say that. No. I'll have to wait and hear from the...
1: From the, the people who say you're not allowed to say
0: stuff
1: <laughs> i don't <laughs> who, know who,
0: who, who they well, are let's put
1: it out on twitter i'll say somebody's gone native on twitter and we'll soon find out whether you're allowed to say it or not twitter as you know these days is the ultimate arbiter of pretty well everything mm.
0: yeah it's not actually twitter though it is people
1: it is people who are tweeting but it's it's but like, the
0: platform is not who's telling you what to say and what not to say do you know what i mean
1: no, it's not Twitter itself, but Twitter yeah. is the is the conduit, which allows people to mm. tell you, you know, if you're Danny Baker. Well, wait to hear it, back. Danny. Fingers
0: crossed. Yeah,
1: fingers <laughs> crossed, going native.
0: Yeah, um, it's based on Julius Caesar.
1: Yeah, based on Julius Caesar. But when you closer. say they become like wild animals, it's a bit like Lord of the Flies, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: got a Lord of the Flies, I think. It's Lord of the Flies for girls. It's what? just, it's so, it's got such a... Would you go
1: to a reunion like that, though, at... Uh... <laughs> yeah. What's your 12th to 16th mark it now? Yeah. Your, your exams? 12th to 16th or of
0: Oh, right
1: in June. Your exams are right in the middle of your exams.
0: Great. Thanks, Dad.
1: You're very welcome. It's
0: nice to. Um, <laughs> yeah, you keep being like, oh, you can go to this roof. And then you're like, oh, when is it? Oh, I'm doing a French exam on that day. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Well, as you've uh, raised exams, Ruth, <laughs> Did uh, I? let's talk about uh, exam stress, which is such a big topic not? at the moment. I'm so
0: stressed.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk about it, and, you know, why you're, uh, why you're stressed. Well, I know modern language is a problem, isn't it? The French.
0: Yeah, although that's not the one I'm the most stressed about. I'm surprised that that's come out.
1: Well, a survey... Come on, Dad, enlighten us. I'll enlighten you. An extraordinary revelation was that it's common to get GPs' notes saying that children must be excused modern languages because they get too anxious. One head teacher at the secondary school's conference reported, quotes, children wholesale signed off by their GPs from the study of MFL modern foreign languages uh, because it was making them so unwell they couldn't attend school uh,
0: is that is that because they're nervous about like the speaking exam or something? I know that French at um, all modern modern foreign languages at GCSE have changed since I did them. I was the last year to I go think through it's all changed with the new to spec- it at
1: GCSE. Yeah,
0: a lot of them are really similar, but French is one of the few that has properly changed because you used to do a lot of it as um, like so. Basically, it was just a memorizing test. Really, you'd write six paragraphs, you'd mem- memorize them, and then just rewrite them like regurgitate mm-hmm. them.
1: Yes, I remember you doing
0: um, that, but. Now, I think that you don't know what the question is going to be until you go in. Well, but then I've heard from, from people who are doing their GCSEs now that their teachers tell them what question it's going to be anyway. Well, the this is interesting you say this.
1: It's interesting to say this because there's this new thing, the uh, baccalaureate, that's coming, which is after... I did the...
0: No, I did the baccalaureate. Did you? Oh, well... You have to do geography or history, and then a modern foreign language, and then you get the EBAC.
1: Yes, that's right. And it's saying here that this, this teacher was worried that maybe these kids are not doing the MFL because of school anxiety, uh, that they hit the uh, EBAC target. Uh, she says, I suppose this supports the theory that some of the neurosis that the kids have got stems from the competitive anxiety of schools themselves. Uh, one guy from a guy called uh, Roger Taylor, who's the chairman of Office. Qual, which I think is uh, a sort of education watchdog type thing, says uh, rising exam stress. He's uh, attributing it to pupils being "quotes" mentally fragile uh, rather than GCSEs and A levels becoming harder. By the head of the exams yeah, regulation,
0: that's really likely. Yeah,
1: Roger Taylor says a rise in anxiety means that teenagers are finding it harder to deal with stressful events.
0: Yeah, but the exams are getting harder as well, so that's going to be part of it. Mm, possibly, but I do think it's other external factors. But I think a lot of it is exam stress.
1: Well, don't worry about it because... Oh,
0: okay. Yep. Cool, I work.
1: Because there are top tips here from Queen Anne's School, who spent five years working with neuroscientists at universities including Oxford Reading and Goldsmith. And they've come up with the ultimate revision guide based on its Brain Can Do programme in time for this year's A-levels. It advises pupils not to burn the midnight oil because it's better to revise at the same time of day at which the exams are set. Also, they're, they're suggesting conditioning Select a trigger, such as squeezing your ear or sniffing a lemon. Spend five minutes a day...
0: Yeah, I've heard this before. Have you? Like chewing the same type of gum while you're revising is when you're in the exam, but, like, triggers your mind Are you allowed to remember. you
1: allowed chew gum in your exam? Are you chewing gum? Give it here.
0: You're allowed to bring in, like, mentors or Polos or something. Oh, really? Yeah, as long as you, you can put them in your pencil case, as long as they're not in a wrapper. Oh, if you just put them in a plastic bag or something why can't
1: you put them in a wrapper uh, in oh, case you've, you've written on, on, the on the wrapper
0: everything has to be clear clear bottles
1: yeah so it's with almost like you're places. going abroad it must be quite exciting when you're going with your clear packet spend five minutes a day thinking or doing something that makes you smile and feel confident in the
0: five process. minutes a day That all you get to smile <laughs> uh,
1: think or or doing something that makes you smile and feel confident in the presence of your trigger on exam day use your trigger to invoke the same positivity so squeeze your ear sniff a lemon
0: a lemon into an exam. Imagine the looks you'd get.
1: Well I think you just sniff the lemon before you go in.
0: Yeah but where do I put the lemon afterwards? Just put it in the bin. You what you have to queue to get into the exam? Yeah. How how long does the lemon power last?
1: We'll take a short break and then we'll have some music. Planning for your next trip? start with mine this week, I've got a little bit of rock and roll history for you. The uh, the music is uh, Eddie Cochran. On the 20th of town, the elevator's broken down, so I walk one. Two, fly, two, fly, four, five, six flight more. Upon the 12th, I'm starting to drag, 50, before I'm already to sag, get to the top, I'm too tired to ride. Where'd she calling me up on the telephone. She come on over, honey. I'm all alone. I said, "Baby, you're mighty sweet, but I'm in bed with the ache and feet." Uh, Twenty Flight Rock by Eddie Cochran. That's a bit of a bit of musical history for you there, Ruth. Eddie Cochran was a, a late fifties rock and roll star. We're not playing any late fifties rock and roll, I don't think. No. Would have sound a bit like Elvis to you then? Yeah. Bit? Yeah. It was very much the Elvis Presley era. You
0: could have told me that was Elvis, and I'd have gone, "All yeah. right, okay."
1: No. what well, is Eddie Cochran, who was a massive star, a huge star, but not
0: lasted in the way that. Well,
1: he died. Elvis has. He died in a car crash. Actually, he died uh, during the afternoon of Easter Sunday, seventeenth of April, nineteen sixty. At and this is very interesting. Died in St. Martin's Hospital in Bath. He, uh, he was in a private vehicle, he was doing a tour there, you know, one of those rock and roll tours with Gene Vincent, who was another rock and roller of that era. Yeah. And it, it was a taxi driver, and he was thrown out of the car. There was no seatbelts in those days, and everything landed on his head. It's really died. sad. It is very sad. Uh, died in Chippenham, 1960. But a lot of people thought he was, you know, he was almost as popular as Elvis, if you like, at that at that period. But Twenty Flight Rock was very influential, and we haven't mentioned the Beatles for a week or two. But have tw- we not? I don't think so, but let me tell you. Can I tell you about the 6th of July, 1957? Go ahead. 6th of July, 1957, was a pivotal day in the history of modern music. It was the day that John Lennon met Paul McCartney for the first time. The Quarrymen Skiffle Group, which was... You know what One skiffle, of my favourites? Well, you know what Skiffle is, don't it? Because I think we've played Skiffle. Is it like that... It's, like it's a got th-
0: like a washboard. Yeah, that's the, yeah. One.
1: that's the one, exactly. So, the Quarrymen Skiffle Group were playing at the garden fete of St Peter's Church, Walton, in Liverpool. John Lennon was the leader of the Quarrymen uh, Skiffle Group. Paul McCartney was taken along to that fete by uh, a mutual friend, you know, a school friend of mm-hmm. uh, both John and Paul. And uh, he was... Paul was watching them doing their little gig at the uh, Summer Fate. And he was very impressed with John, was playing a song called uh, Come Go With Me by Del Vikings. Good song. So he was playing that. Uh, Paul was impressed. Afterwards went up to meet John and uh, said, I'd like to join your group, the Quarrymen. And uh, John said, well, what do you do? Paul got the guitar and played that song, 20 Flight Rock, by uh, Eddie Cochran
0: wow um,
1: John was impressed that Paul remembered all the words he did all the words because the song itself I don't know where you could work out from that 20 odd seconds Not we played really. but the song itself was about uh, a girl who lives 20 flights up and the lift is broken in uh, in her block of flats and he's always too tired when he gets up to the top floor he's too tired to rock and roll rock and roll being a euphemism for I understand um, yes so uh, he's too tired to rock and roll and he was in bed with aching feet at the end of the air end of the song mm-hmm. and eddie Cochran used to do those sort of little slices of uh, social realism if you like yeah. his, his other big song was summertime blues and he's got the summertime blues because his parents are always asking him to do little jobs and everything yeah uh, but the other interesting fact about it is if you want to tie it all in with the with the beatles and you know me i do like to tie everything in. With
0: i don't the... particularly no so... but
1: i do don't all I right, right okay the taxi driver was called george martin uh, and George Martin, of course, is the producer of uh, all those Beatles mm. uh, songs. So there you the go. The fifth
0: Beatle, as he, some might call him. The
1: fifth Beatle. Uh, and there are lots of fifth Beatles, but he was one of them. So there you are, 20 Flight Rock by Eddie Cochran. Tell me about yours.
0: So mine is a song called Lovers by Anna of the North. Guess just some promises should
1: make, should it's no 20 Flight Rock, but it's very pleasant. Do you uh, like tell, it? Yeah, do. You, what, tell I me think what it's sort.
0: better than your 20 Flight Rock, personally. Um, so she's another Norwegian singer. She's blooming Norwegians. they
1: <laughs> everywhere, aren't they? So that's why she's called Anna of the North. Yeah. yeah.
0: She studied graphic design, mm-hmm. and then she moved to Melbourne, where she met Brady Daniel Smith, who was her producer and stuff. So she sang, and he produced the songs and gave it that Electropop, right. soft,
1: it's feel just electro-pop and stuff. Yeah, exactly. electropop. Mm.
0: I know her because she has done a lot of featuring on other people's things. So she featured on Tyler the Creator, creator singles. Um, Boredom and 911 Mr. Lonely in his Flower Boy album, which Frank Ocean is also on, and I read it at Frank Ocean. And then she did something with and um, that Reggie Snow, who we've mm. had as well.
1: See, I thought you'd chosen Anna of the North because your sister is Anna, and here we are in the North, but clearly it's no different connection.
0: North, much further north. Much
1: further north. We we'll also talked a little bit about Chernobyl, the show on Net yeah. Sky, which is interesting for you, I would have thought, apart from anything else, because you are studying the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah, I don't history. study it.
0: It's after I finished it. I study it up to Khrushchev. But it is interesting seeing H's the... Three H's in his
1: name. Three. three! H's.
0: Can you... I spell it wrong. Every single time. Yeah. I forget one of the H's somewhere. It's interesting seeing the Soviet's kind of landscape and how... And how the, uh, sort of, you see this, like, central committee, which is really similar to what they had in, like, Stalin's oh, time. Same, yeah. The character of Gorbachev is just interesting and stuff, so it is really mm. good. I didn't realise quite how neglectful the government were.
1: Oh, was unbelievable. In
0: dealing with it, because yeah. I knew about the accident, but I didn't really know about how they dealt with it, like, the aftermath of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the the first thought was the first how to thought cover was it keeping it was how to cover it up. Straight away, mm-hmm. how to cover it up and spring the military police to stop panic so the people don't panic and all that. And that meeting with Gorbachev that's in it was how it's perceived by the rest of the world. And they were more worried about the Soviet Union's reputation than, than they, they were, were about ab- the
0: people. Yeah. About
1: the people. It's unbelievable. But it's well worth watching. Let's talk a wee bit about tourism. You're going on a big trip with your friends from school.
0: Yeah, uh, um, using excuse up the me, world's no, resources. You go uh, on trips as well. You just went to um, Barcelona, so do not say, "Oh, I don't. i never go on trips, and I don't fly here, and I don't fly there."
1: No, I think what you are find Sir? about me is I don't bang on about climate change as much as you do. So you and your friends, I
0: don't go on an unbelievable amount of flights there. I go on probably two flights a year, one, but one there, to, one back. you
1: are going to Venice, which is hugely oversubscribed by tourists. True. Massively.
0: Tourism in itself is not evil, either.
1: No, it's not evil, no. But, to-
0: like, I mean, tourism keeps entire economies in countries... A flirt, like that's the uh, main source of income for a lot of places mm. I'm just saying that, that tourism it shouldn't be about oh we shouldn't be tourists anymore it should be about how to make tourism sustainable
1: yes you're probably right and what what it also should be is we should go to places that aren't oversubscribed by tourists you know unlike Venice uh, which is yeah. uh, probably unlike Barcelona to be honest. But there's, there's uh,
0: reasons places. why people go to those places. Mm. There, there's a reason why people have always visited Venice so much is because it's completely different to the place where we live and it's steeped in history and culture. Like, um, There's plenty of places in the world where tourists don't go because I'm just trying to, I'm trying to say that like there's a reason people go to the same places and it's because they're interesting places to go to. I'm sure there's lots of other places that are really really interesting that people haven't gone but Also, most places in Europe are really full of tourists because Europe's not that big and it's also much cheaper to go there, like a lot of the places that are less touristy and would be really exciting to go to and that I would love to go to it's too expensive to get there the flights are too expensive
1: mm. but of course a lot of those countries are also getting over to yeah, they are now. Of cruise ships and we go cruise ships you're not on a cruise ship so that's cruise
0: good. ships are the worst they
1: are the worst but all sorts of places are having to take all sorts of action uh, Capri yeah. has banned tourists from uh, bringing single use plastic there's too many tourists in Capri and they come in with you know water bottles and stuff Yeah, uh, so Capri have banned tourists from being... And they, and they want fewer tourists. Giles Corran wrote in The Times, the fact that they're putting the environment before the money makes me want to visit. There's a couple of other climate change uh, stories at the moment. Apparently, there's a petition which has got 44,000 signatures on it asking McDonald's uh, to bring back plastic straws. Oh, that
0: will never happen. Because
1: apparently the paper ones go soggy <laughs> in,
0: in the milk In place. fairness, I can see where they're coming from. It is... Near to impossible to drink, uh, like a a, milk a milky or, or like um or like that... a frappuccino out of a pep straw. Yeah. It's yeah, it's next to impossible. But there's some sacrifices that I think people are just willing to make. And if you can't drink it out of a um, straw like that, maybe just don't drink it.
1: Or maybe take the top off and you sip can't it. you
0: can't you can't sip that kind of drink. Does why it's too thick? It's far too thick.
1: I've done that. I've do, I've sipped. A thick. You've McDonald's.
0: had a McDonald's milkshake.
1: Yeah, at some You're point, blatantly
0: lying.
1: No, at some point I will have had a milkshake when you were little, when or when the other kids were little, and we we used to occasionally go to McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I've had a milkshake. A
0: milkshake. Yeah. Have you had? Have you had like a like a frappe milkshake that they've got now? Because I don't think you have. No. Because I don't think you've been to I've McDonald's the, recently. I, no. but I've had the. They I do. I have had they a, do like a mango, like an orange and mango frappe.
1: What McDonald's? Yeah. Yeah
0: difficult to drink with a paper straw mm. but also if you took the top off you just can it's too thick to sip mm. but what i want is they do collapsible like rubbery plastic straws which are just reusable really you can wash them out and use them over and over again that's what you need is a re everyone needs to be carrying around their own cutlery and straws
1: yeah okay i think that's a uh, that's a good idea like in as good as it gets
0: yeah also so hygienic yeah
1: there you go. Well, Although no, it I do, would, it I would do, be I do be believe Jack Nicholson used to throw it away afterwards.
0: Uh, metal?
1: No, no, he used to have his own plastic. I think there's got to be this balance between state intervention, which we're sort of... Emotionally and philosophically against, really, mm. you know, the more state intervention, that means the more sort of bureaucracy you get, yeah. the We're more worried about of like, communism you know,
0: as well, I guess. It's got that. Yeah, well, effect.
1: it has got that. Uh, but there's going to have to be a balance that's going to yeah. be struck because. Um, well, stuff
0: like the plastic bottles, though, it's like things that people can do on their own, but because they're kind of difficult to do and some people don't have the means or the time to recycle stuff properly, they just choose not to. So I think it's about like the state making it easier for people to do what they already kind of want to do.
1: Yes, I think that's a good point. I mean, another story that I read this week was that uh, drivers who leave their car engine running while parked. You know, people sit in the car. Mm. We, the, the private schools near us, they've always got these big uh, Range Rovers that they're, for some unknown reason they drive around in. And uh, they're always waiting for their kids to come out of school with the uh, with the engine running. Yeah. Well, under, uh, so obviously I'm in favour of this. Drivers leave their car engine running while parked could be given instant fines under, propo- under proposals being considered by the government to give councils stronger powers to tackle pollution from idling vehicles. That's one of those sort of state control things that I quite approve of. Yeah. i like to bring up the problem of Robert De Niro. Who, oh, no. I'm sorry, Robert De Niro, sellout, complete, total, utter sellout. Uh, he's right. doing an adver- I thought you
0: were going to say he's assaulted someone. That's what I was really worried about. No,
1: no, don't worry about that. Well, he, he probably has. I don't say he probably has.
0: Not not at a Harvey Weinstein level.
1: I would think if you went back into the uh, into the uh, the history of these actors in the seventies, gone through a couple of divorces, I would think you would. You, yeah, I would think you'd find Robert De Niro's sexual politics not entirely to your liking. I would reckon. No, and but I mean, it's different. It's a different, guess. It's, it's, if it's a different thing Robert, of, be- of making
0: some distasteful jerks or like coming onto a girl at a party when than than what Louis C.K. did. Yes,
1: well, Lucy Caves is bizarre and uh, very difficult to understand. Uh, Whereas Robert De Niro is probably just straightforward sexism, I would have thought. (laughs) Straightforward. Yeah,
0: also, I think you can be sexist then and not sexist anymore.
1: Forget about sexism. Robert De Niro is a sellout, complete sellout, and I'll tell you why. He is advertising bagels... Bagels. I mean, I, I object to this on a sort of uh, on a cultural level, on an ethnic level. He's advertising bagels, all the
0: levels. I think every
1: level. He's advertising bagels that are made by Warburtons. Warburtons are the Lancashire bread makers. You know, their Warburtons yeah. are famous for their white loaves, and they make bread in uh, Bolton, I think, Bolton or Preston, somewhere like that. That's not even a bagel town. Manchester, if they did it in Manchester or Leeds, those are bagel towns. They have significant Jewish populations and therefore they're proper bagel towns. I don't know what... <laughs> they're
0: what we in the business call bagel towns.
1: They are bagel We've towns. We've got
0: Bagel Nash... It's got a factory yeah, in Precisely,
1: and that's a little Jewish firm that started in, started in Leeds. Did it? Yeah, it was just one shop uh, around here, actually, where we're broadcasting from at this very moment. So he's anyway,
0: advertising bagels. He's
1: advertising bagels. He's also, uh, when you look at his film history over I mean, Robert De Niro made some of the great films Raging Bull, absolutely brilliant Heat. film. Yeah, Heat, uh, and, and others. Uh,
0: I've never seen Heat.
1: Yeah, Goodfellas. I mean, loads of.
0: I've never seen any of those films.
1: Oh, they're
0: good. Uh, Maybe over the summer, one of my things I might just take three days or something and just watch some classic movies.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's... Uh, although you often decide you're going to do one of these projects. I mean, not you personally. I mean, wh- a person. The, I was going to spend, like, three the, days the in London community. and learn everything about art. This is the funny thing.
0: Walk into an art gallery With and Dad national, just goes... We walked into... Yeah, the National Gallery or the National Portrait Gallery or something. And we were just walking around and we are like, oh, gosh, it's really annoying. You never remember about these artists or whatever. You can look at them and... You don't really understand it. And Dad just goes... I think I might, in the summer, I might go down to London for three days and just learn everything about art. <laughs> so some people go to school for four years, and do, so they do four years of art, and then they'll do a PhD for two, and then a doctorate. They do about probably 20 years of studying and still don't know half the things about art. If you were going to go to London, learn everything in three days.
1: Speed <laughs> I Because I, I do speed reading, you know? I read the whole of War and Peace in an afternoon. It's about Russia. That's a Woody Allen joke.
0: War and Peace is one of those things where you should just watch the series.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so um, Robert De Niro made all these fantastic films, uh, but in the last 20... Does he need that much money? In the last know, 20 yeah. years, meet the fuckers, the little fuckers, meet the parents...
0: The Intern. In, in the intern I love that so, film.
1: Yeah, but it's bad. It's a not bad. bad, bad. Film. It's terrible.
0: I don't and think he's bad. so
1: many other films that he's... And there are loads of others that I can't mm. even remember. Why does he make so many bad films and then... To compound it, advertise bagels. Bagels from Bolton or Preston or something.
0: Meet the Fockers is not a bad film, first of all.
1: No, Meet the Parents is not a bad film. Meet the Fockers is awesome.
0: I liked Meet the Little Fockers as well. I thought it
1: was good. <laughs> that was just called The Little Fockers. Was oh, was it? it? Wasn't
0: it, it Meet it, the it Little Fockers? It wasn't Meet the
1: Little Fockers. It was just The Little Fockers. It's interesting
0: Fockers. why they did Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers, and then The Little Fockers.
1: Because I think The Little Fockers sounds better than... Better
0: than Meet the Little Fockers. Meet the
1: Little Fockers, Yeah.
0: Probably the well, Fockers know, probably sounds better than meet the fuckers mm. as well, though.
1: I think the ma- mm. the main benefit of those films is the fact they use the word fuckers a great deal, so you can <laughs> go around saying fuckers.
0: I think, yeah, the little fuckers I, I thought was actually quite but good. Yeah,
1: Robert De Niro. I just wanted to call out Robert De Niro for the bagels. So what? The, anything. Did
0: you see that? I I wish I could remember the actual number, but people who are billionaires would have to spend like one thousand five hundred pounds like a second or something, and there's actually just no need. <laughs>
1: No, there's uh, a hotel in London called the Mandarin Oriental, which overlooks uh, Hyde Park. So mm. you can see it's quite an attractive property there. Overlooks Hyde Park. It's got what a hotel.
0: Pe- did you say? Yeah,
1: the Mandarin Oriental. It's called. It's got a suite, a penthouse suite. And when I say a suite, I mean a big, big, big mm. suite. Overlooks uh, Hyde Park, and you get a view over the whole of London.
0: Well, oh, that's um,
1: stare. Do you know how much it costs a night?
0: Uh, uh... 20 grand
1: 42,000 pounds 42,000 pounds and it's for you know for oligarchs who need to spend 42,000 pounds in a night
0: if i did if i won like the the proper lottery and won like 7 million or whatever or 34 on the euro millions or whatever that would be, i i would give most of it away to charity and i'd give money to my friends and my family and whatever and your dad um, you can share with mum but I, I know I, I would give a lot of it away but you've got to have some like frivolous spending I think I would spend two nights in there because what what's 84,000 if you've got 34 million
1: yeah that's true nothing I wish I'd brought the uh, piece in telling you everything that you get but you basically get uh, do you like television you do you Big love television te- you love fan. television uh, well if you love television you'll love this place because it has eight televisions.
0: I thought you said eight channels. I was like, "Oh, cool."
1: <laughs> eight televisions including one in the bathroom which is set into the into an alcove above your lovely marble bath.
0: <gasps> wow. Yeah. There's nothing so more fancy than being in the bath and, watch. than the the bath and watching well.
1: it. Do you have a meme of the week? yes oh by the way uh, no emails this week not one single email
0: uh, I'm glad was, all I get is abuse <laughs>
1: if you want to abuse Ruth and send us an email of any sort whatsoever we'd love to get it uh, it's Podcaster at gmail.com uh, Podcaster at gmail.com uh, if you want to send us an email if you have any comments on anything we've said or want to raise a subject yourself we'd love to hear from you
0: you know what I've been really struggling to find like text posts, like ones without pictures and stuff that I've found funny of recent times. I thought this was funny, but I'm not sure you will. Um, This is just a tweet. I saw someone's tweet. It's not even a. Got 45,000 likes. So, you know, big tweet. It sort
1: of becomes a meme if 45,000 likes.
0: Um, Nothing worse than sleeping at a friend's house and their family has some weird ass thing like calling spaghetti Billy dinner. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I went to a friend's house and she, they had pasta. It's like basically, I think it's just like pasta in tomato sauce of cheese or something. They called it like Isaac pasta.
1: Isaac pasta, what?
0: Isaac, like the name? Yeah.
1: Did they have a reason for
0: had it? like a friend who really liked the pasta when they came around to their house, and so then it always just got called Isaac right, pasta. It's right. weird because so they're Are like, the oh, pe- we're having Isaac pasta, and then you have to be like, what is Isaac pasta?
1: Other families.
0: Weird. It's, uh, weird it's weird isn't it yeah. and then everyone thinks their family our is weird and every other family is normal but then you go to other families and then they're weird
1: do you think people come around to our house think we're weird yeah in what respect
0: it's just weird just because families do like little things you do different like like keeping the ketchup in the cupboard versus the fridge like some people some families keep the ketchup in the fridge why would you ever do that why would you do the that? bottle goes all yeah like misty
1: have you had a word with these people who are keeping ketchup in the fridge? It's
0: just, it's just weird, though, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's strange.
0: People just do weird things.
1: People are strange, as the doors said all those years ago.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about.
1: Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, again, we, we'd love to hear you. And we'd love to hear what you've got to say on an email, if you want. Yeah, what
0: well. are we going to do about next week?
1: How do you mean? What are going to do? Well, I've got next an
0: week? exam on the Tuesday and the Thursday. What
1: will we'll do it on the Wednesday?
0: Dad, are you actually kidding? <laughs>
1: Well, we'll do it uh, on the
0: Thursday night, the Thursday evening.
1: We'll try and we'll try and fit one in next week. If we can't do one next week, apologies, uh, and hopefully my cold will have gone by then as well. So um, we'll try and do one next week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for listening. <laughs>